0: Okay, we are ready to begin this week's parsha. Is Pasha's Kisavo. and the Torah tells us in Parakav Ches, chapter twenty-eight, "Vahaya im bekol Hashem, if you will listen to the voice of Hashem Lishmor is called to keep all of his mitzvahs, that I command you today. And Hashem will make you higher than all the nations of the world. And then it proceeds: the Pesukim, Bays, Gimel. That's Pasuk Aleph. Pays Pasuk Bays, Gimel, Dalid Hey, Vav. Tell you, Zion, Ches. They all tell you all of the brachas and all the good things that are going to happen to you. Ches Tes. If if we keep the mitzvahs of Hashem. And the focus of our class this evening is Pasek it's It's uh, the 10th verse. The Pasek says like this. Viro haaretz ki Hashem nikra alecha and all of the nations of the world will see that the name of Hashem is called upon you vayoru mimeka and they will be afraid of you. That's the Pasik. So if the simple explanation of this Pasuk is, as we read it, that if we keep, like Pasuk says, if we listen to Hashem and we do all His mitzvos, we follow in His ways, what's going to happen? What's going to happen is, and all of the nations of the world will see. The name of Hashem is called upon you. They will be afraid of you. That's the simple explanation of the Pasek. And indeed, that's the way the Orachayim HaKadosh learns. He learns, he says like this, This Pasek is talking about the Mitzvah, the negative commandments just want to set a background for the Orachim HaKadosh, which I'm not sure if he means this, but it's relevant to what he's saying, I think, and it will make what he's saying easier for us to understand. Is we know that there are 613 mitzvahs, 248 of them are positive, 365 of them are negative. Negative meaning that Hashem tells us not to do things. <clears throat> the positive meaning that he tells us what to do. Now. The negative that Hashem tells us not to do correspond, as the Gemara tells us in tractate 8 Makos on page 23b, the negative correspond to the days of the year, the 365 days of the solar calendar, in the same way that the solar calendar has 365 days, so too there are 365 mitzvos. The morale explains, the Maral explains that the negative commandments, what, what, what does that have to do, what is, why is it that there are 365 negative commandments that correspond to the days of the solar calendar? What does the sun have to do with the negative commandments? So the morale says that the sun is emblematic of the physical universe. The sun is what allows the planet to, the star, the sun, allows the planet to be functional. It creates an environment of warmth, light. It allows for vegetation, it allows for the ecosystem, it allows for people to be able to live under proper temperatures. The sun represents the existence of of the world. That's what the sun represents. And if there would be no sun, Or if the Earth, for example, would be a little bit too far, a little bit too close to the sun, there would not be a proper environment. Like we, you know, for example, the planet Mars is really unlivable, really. And the reason why it's unlivable is because, one of the reasons why it's unlivable is because the temperatures go a little bit too high. The temperatures go a little bit too low. Because it's just not quite the right distance from the sun. The sun represents the physical universe. Now, why do the 365 Negative Commandments correspond to the sun, to the 365 days of the solar calendar, which the solar calendar means the entire, the entire orbit that the earth goes around the sun, which means what encompasses the entire world. Why do they correspond to that? Because the Maral says the negative commandments are made to not to destroy us as people. If we keep the negative commandments, then we don't destroy ourselves. We have the capacity to destroy ourselves, to destroy ourselves as human, to destroy our fellow humans. We have the capacity to destroy the world with our free choice when we exercise it improperly. The negative commandments are meant to keep us in check. It's meant not to destroy our physical selves. In other words, the minimum of what a person has to be is one who keeps the negative commandments. That's, that's what a person has to be, the one who keeps the negative commandments. That's the minimum of what at least a a Yid has to be, a Jew. A Jewish person has to be, is to keep the negative commandments. Otherwise, the same way if there would be no sun and the world would be destroyed, if the 365 negative commandments would not be there, then the person would not be a person. And that's why the 365 negative commandments correspond to the sun, because the same way that the sun is the source of life, it is the everything happens, as Kohala says, Ecclesiastes, everything that is under the sun so too the 365 negative commandments are the source of a person staying a person to staying a human being staying a a jewish human being at least with the 365 negative commandments so therefore that's why we have to keep the 365 negative commands back to our story so the moral learns that again we have this posigured in our pasha the pasha says that if we keep the mitzvos then what? And all of the nations of the world will see that the name of Hashem is called upon you, but you Mecca, they'll be afraid of you. This says the Orach the, Haimach the which is in line with the theme of the morale that we just presented in East Israel. This corresponds to the Mitzvah's laws say the negative commandments which keep us in line as humans as long as a person keeps himself from abedus, As you know that in Beresh, it says that we were created in the image of God so that Hashem created us in the image of God and if we don't keep the negative commandments the image of God disappears from us it fades and the way that we just explained because if a person does not keep the 365 negative commandments then they are then they are uh, engaged in self destruction, which means that takes away the Telem Elohim. In order to keep the Telem it's integral that the 365 negative commandments are kept. If a person does keep the negative commandments, then it remains a Telem Elohim. And then, if that's true, people see it. People see the Telem in the human. Then, all of the creations, people and animals are scared of him. which is not the case, I'm but a person who is uh, an abomination to his actions, then they remove from him the Telem, they remove from him the, the the image of God. And we see this from Cain, which is not for now. But we see from Cain that this is what happened, this is what happened to Cain, that nobody was no longer afraid of him anymore. And that is because the Orachai says because he no longer had the look him So the simple explanation, back to our talking a little bit fast, because we started a little bit late because of technical difficulties. But to get back to our to our story, what does it mean that all of the people in this post again, vero and all of the land, people of the lands will see. That the name of Hashem is called upon you. They'll be afraid of you. What does that mean, says the Arachayim HaKadosh? That if you keep the negative commandments and you retain the image of God, then everybody will see the image of God in you, then they'll be afraid of you, and then they will stay. And and that is what the Pasuk is saying. That is the literal translation. And again, we read this Pasuk again. And all of the nations of the world will see... Hashem that the name of Hashem is called upon you. What does that mean? That you have the image of God because you kept the negative commandments like we started from the first verse If you will keep the mitzvos. The of Mecca, and that's why they will be afraid of you. That's a simple explanation of the, of the Pasuk. That's a simple explanation of the verse. This is what the Torah is telling us. That's the way to read it because the Torah, what the Torah is telling us in sequence from pasuk aleph to pasuk Yud, from the first pasuk to the tenth pasuk, the Torah is telling us in the sequence what are going to be the benefits, what are going to be the uh, the fabulous gifts and prizes that we're going to get if we keep the mitzvot. It tells us all of the things, and then it includes this. What's this? Says the Aruch What's this? Is the tzelavelakim, the image of Hashem. We will have. That's the way. That seems to be the simple explanation of the pasuk. Everybody here? You here? Okay, good. If if you don't, uh, please uh, ask. Rabbi, you can hear me, right? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Yeah. I just have the video off because. Yeah. Okay. So just let me know if you have a question on what I just said, if I'm going too fast or whatever, if I didn't clarify something. Fine. So. Now, here we're going to get a little bit complicated, but slow down because there is a question here. This is the simple explanation of the verse. That's the way we read the verse, the way the Arahim says it, at least in my opinion, and the way we're presenting it now. However, Rashi says another explanation to the Pasik which does not seem to be streamlined with the theme of the rest of the psukim, like we said, we just presented it as if, you know. As if this is the way it is and it makes sense but the way Rashi says it it doesn't make so much sense Rashi quotes actually it's the I think it's the Mosev Rashi but um, the Mosev Rashi says this but the actual Rashi does not say it as far as I can see but the Gemara in Menachos on page 35b, which is that Rashi is quoting it, says something else. It says like this It quotes our verse, and then people will see, the people of the world will see that the name of Hashem is called upon you. Tanya, what is this talking about? That the Shem Hashem is called upon you. Rabbi Liazar says, Rabbi Liazar Agadol, he says, like this, elut tefillin shebirosh. These are the tefillin that go on the person's head. So the reference here is, what does it mean that the people will see? that the Shem Hashem is Nikra Alecha that the name of Hashem is called upon you that's the tefillin the tefillin that a person wears on his head now why is the tefillin the Shem Hashem Nikra Alecha says that there's a shin and a dalet on the Shalroish the shin and the Dalit. Which is Hashem's name, is on the Shal Royce that literally that Shem Hashem literally the name of God. Not like we said in Orachaima Qadraj that it's the image of God. That's a bonnet person. But it's literally the name of God is written on the tefillin. When the people will see you put on tefillin, they'll see that Hashem's name is on the tefillin. That's what they're gonna see. The Shin and the Dalit. That's what that that's what the um, the riff here quotes Rashi says that's what the, I think that's what the Rashi himself says, right? The Rashi says this. That most of the she calls of them Roy Vashem Shin the Dalid. Most of the name of Hashem is written. The Shin and the Dalid. That's the way the Gemara says it in the Gemara Menachos. If that's the case though, we have a problem with the simple explanation of the pasuk. Now, of course, we know that the simple explanation of the pasuk is what we call the pasuk shat, the simple explanation. But there's also the drash, the homiletics. And the homiletics, as we've spoken about before, do have to somehow fit into the logical sequence of the psukim, of the verses. If you learn that this pasuk is talking about tefillin, then what kind of bracha is that? Where's the bracha? I, the, the, well, again, the first verse says... If you will listen to Hashem your God, is called mitzvah, so have to do all these mitzvahs, then what? Hashem will give you all these brachas. He'll give you You'll be blessed in the city. You'll be blessed in the field. Animals. He'll give you all these brachas. And one of those brachas are what we said? That you'll have the You'll have the You'll have the You'll have the the, the, the image of God on your face. People will be afraid of you because you're keeping mitzvahs. The consequence of keeping mitzvahs is also retaining the image of Hashem. And that brings a bracha because when people see the image of Hashem on your face then they treat you different. But if you learn that it means it, what kind of bracha is that? I, I mean separately on itself I would just say, if you put on the fill without the brachas, if you put on the tefillin then people will see if you put on the tefillin then people will see Hashem's name on the tefillin chel rosh, but how is that a what kind of bracha is that? It's not a bracha. Is that a bracha? It's not a bracha. It's if you put on the tefillin, then Hashem's name is on the tefillin. They'll see the Hashem's name. What does it have to do with the beginning of the of the chapter that says that if you keep the mitzvahs, then you'll get all these brachas? This verse does not fit according to the Gemara. According to the Yerachay that says that if you keep the negative commandments and you retain the image of Hashem, good so now you look like a spiritual holy person to the rest of the world and that and, and that gives you influence and people are give you the proper respect. That's a bracha as a consequence of keeping the mitzvahs. But what is a bracha as a consequence of keeping the mitzvahs when you put on your tefillin people will see Hashem's name written on the tefillin? What does one thing have to do with the other? The simple, the simple explanation, that's why we started with the fact that the simple explanation of the verse seems to be like the Arachim HaKadah says, that you'll retain your image of God. It doesn't, What does that have to do with the tefillin? This is the question that we have for this evening. After we answer this question, then we're going to uh, go to our title, second part of the class, which is the tefillin on the plane. Okay. So perhaps maybe we could suggest the following thing. I think maybe something very simple, but it's it's simple, but in the, at, at the end of the day, it's complex. In other words, okay, so according to the Chaim HaKadosh, again, Pasach 1 says, if you keep the mitzvahs, you get all these brachas. And one of the brachas is, is that people will respect you. That's verse number 10. That's a simple way the Chaim learns. Okay, now let's take film Let's just talk about film We know just... Put it simply, there are some people in the world that put on tefillin and some people in the world that don't put on tefillin. Now, why do people put on tefillin? Because it's it's one of the mitzvahs of Hashem, right? It's one of the mitzvahs that we have that we follow. That's why people put on fill. Now, why do people not put on fill? There could be many reasons why people don't put on tefillin. It could be that's because they don't They don't want to keep the tefillin mitzvahs. It could be that they don't know about the tefillin. It could be that they don't believe in tefillin. Could be many reasons why they don't keep the mitzvah, that they don't keep the mitzvah of tefillin. But, but what's the common denominator amongst the people who don't put on tefillin and in reverse, the other side of the coin, the people that do put on filling. I think the common denominator is, you know, we find a lot, of th- a, lot of, a lot of times, you know, we're sitting here at the class, and Baruch Hashem, we have a class, we can, we can learn Torah. And when we don't have class, we don't participate in Jewish things, we don't go to shul, like Chas is right now, we have the situation where in some cases it's difficult for us to go to shul, it's difficult for us to go to learn because of the the ongoing restrictions of the pandemic, because we have this. So we feel disconnected. We feel a little bit disconnected. We feel that, you know, we don't feel the same. We're not... Sometimes during the year, we're flying high. We're flying high during Kippur, Rosh Hashanah, for example, or sometimes we'll have a good week of learning or whatever it is. Sometimes we feel connected because maybe we made a connection with some rabbi or a person who told us an uh, an interesting insight, or maybe we did a proper mitzvah, or we gave to somebody. We feel a a connection. Sometimes we feel disconnected. The natural consequence of being disconnected is, is that we don't do the mitzvahs, right? And one of the mitzvahs that a person may not do, if they feel disconnected, is put on tefillin. That's a possibility. When a person is not putting on tefillin, it's, it's emblematic of the fact that they are disconnected. Whether they could be disconnected by choice, by ignorance, whatever it is, we're not going to get into that, why a person is being disconnected. But, they are disconnected. A person is disconnected. And, a person is disconnected. When they are putting on children, they are connected. So perhaps we could say like this. We could say that if you keep, the, the first verse telling is like this. If you keep all of the mitzvahs of Hashem then you'll have all these brachas what are the brachas are gonna be Hashem will be, be you'll be blessed in the city you'll have animals you'll have financial independence and the biggest bracha of all and we're saying this in a homiletic sense the biggest bracha of all is, is that you'll be connected what's the biggest you know, they, they used to say, uh, what, what would you, there's a, a, a parable. So, you, you, I forgot, maybe there was like a, a TV show like this. So, you go, you're, you have three curtains, you have three curtains, and the host says to you, behind curtain number one is a Porsche. Behind curtain number two is a bank account. With five hundred thousand dollars in it, behind curtain number three is God. Which one would you put, Which one do you pick? Which which one do you want between which curtain? So the answer is, is that I want the one that has God behind it. Why? Because God is the one who makes the portion and the bank account. So if I pick God, I got all three. If I pick the others, I only have one. So the same thing. The, the, the Torah is telling us like this, if you pick God, then you have everything, and therefore the brach has come. And what's one of the things that you have when you pick God? The, the actual, itself, picking of God, meaning that you are close to Hashem. Being close to Hashem, what's emblematic of that is you automatically putting on the tefillin. So once you put on the tefillin, then people see. When you're wearing the tefillin, then they see Hashem's name on it. Then they say, "These are holy people." So that's the way to read the simple explanation according to the Gemara in Menachos. The Gemara is saying that this pasuk is referring to tefillin. It's telling us like this: that putting on tefillin in itself is one of the brachos. Because why? If I if I would be disconnected from Hashem, I wouldn't be putting on tefillin. Tefillin is 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 is, is a is a is a sign. The fact that I feel connected to Hashem. That's why I'm putting them on. That's the way we would learn the simple explanation of this verse according to the Gemara. And that's our that's our suggestion. So according to the Arachai HaKadosh, the bracha is, is that we will retain the image of Hashem. If we keep the negative commandments, we will not destroy ourselves, we will not remove ourselves from the reality of what we should be as Yidin, as Jews. And according to the Gemara, according to the way we're explaining it, the bracha is, is the, we will have the actual connection to Hashem Himself. That's the biggest bracha of all. And once we have the actual connection to Hashem Himself, then we will, it will come naturally to us to do the mitzvahs, including the mitzvah of tefillin. And the mitzvah of tefillin has this aspect where when you look at the tefillin, I mean, there's nothing else you could see than the fact that there's Hashem's name is written on the tefillin. That's the, uh, that's the explanation of this verse. This is what I wanted to, this is part, at the end of part one of our class. This is what I want to share with everybody in terms of the vort, in terms of insight on the Pasha. Now we get to part two. Once we're talking about filling, I saw in the Vahar of Noah, he has the following question. He has the following halachic question that he was asked. There was a, a story with a bocher who was traveling. Let's assume that he was traveling by plane to a different state or a different country. Traveling to a different country. Well, he was came, you know, like comes sometimes in traveling on a plane. And uh, it came time to them. So what did he do? Brandt. He started the Davan Chakras. And he was in the middle of Shmonaswa. Now the person who was sitting next to him had never seen its filling. He's never seen that before. So he was he didn't know what he what what he was doing and what was on him. Maybe this guy was a little Meshika, but he thought that maybe this is some kind of communication device that this Yid had and he started to get nervous that maybe something is up here. Maybe something is happening. Started to get nervous. So he called the stewardess to tell her what's going on. So the stewardess, she turned to the Yid and she said, "Can you please tell me what you're doing, sir? Well, what is this? But he was in the middle of Shimon Esrei. So he didn't answer her. She started to get nervous too because he's not answering her and he's mumbling under his breath and they don't know what's going on. Things got out of control and she went and told the pilot. And the pilot, being nervous that something is happening, decided to make an emergency landing. So they made an emergency landing with a plane. And in the end, this guy explained to them what he was doing, that he was dominating he was, and he was wearing, he was not, uh, he was wearing tefillin, phylacteries that have pastures written inside them. That's what he was doing, and he was in the Mosh Mil- so he couldn't answer them. Afterwards, this, bak, this young man, he went to his rabbi and he said that I conduct myself in the proper way. This is the question so the rabbi said to him lo tom no, no, so the hog the bacher did not do the right thing he did not act properly because it could have been endangering people's lives what he was doing what happens if there maybe there would have been a sick person on the plane Maybe he was in a rush to get somewhere. To land the plane it would take hours of delay. Because people can say, look at this Jew. Look at what he's doing. Holding up a whole plane and uh, causing. A, uh, he couldn't stop. He davening, So what? He was praying. He couldn't tell him what he was doing. And also he caused the airlines and the people that were traveling a tremendous expense because of the emergency landing. He should have written a note. If he didn't want to speak, he should have written a note. Should have taken out a pen and written a note and write on it. That this is, I'm just putting on tefillin. I'm just davening communicated in some way he did not he did not do the right thing that's what he uh, that's what the rabbi says so he says like this in the notes so I guess this is I mean I don't know why he's bringing this up in this week's partial maybe he's bringing up in this week's partial because it's a little bit of a, like, you know, Baruch, our passage says, Viro call out that all of the, the nations of the world will see the and they'll be afraid. So here, they saw the tefillin and they were afraid. They weren't afraid because Hashem's name was on it, but they were just not afraid when they saw the tefillin because they thought that the whole plane was going to explode. But they were afraid. So it kind of fits into the verse. It kind of fits into the into our passage. That's what he says. So the Bachar did not. Die, he did not. Uh, he did not do this. He d- he did not do the right thing. And here he quotes the source in the in the he quotes the source in the Shulchan Arach, It's code one o four. That there is a din. There is a halacha. Code one o four number one says like this: Israel. A person should not. Stop his davening. Even if a Jewish king, even if a Jewish king is saying hello to him, you should not answer him. But if he's a non-Jewish king and he can shorten his tefillah, shorten his davening, maybe he can Ykatzer, Maybe he can shorten the blessing. Or may, perhaps maybe he can veer away from the road, and he doesn't have to speak. If it's not possible that if it's a non-Jewish king, that he should answer him. So you see that there is such a thing. You, you, cannot, you cannot answer when you're in the middle of Shemur race, but there but there's other ways to communicate. The Mishnah Brewer here says, Even hinting even pointing while a person is in the middle of davening, in the middle of Shemones, a person should not do. Unless they're confronted with a child, a baby that's crying, then he can use his hands when a person is in the middle of davening, he can use his hands to point this way and point that way. In order to make him quiet, and they should not be distracted. Then, if a person is in the middle of Esri, in the middle of, of the silent repetition, then they can walk into another room if they're being disturbed and they can't concentrate. Also, if a rabbi, let's say, is davening, Shmon and everybody in the shul is waiting for him to finish, he's allowed to signal to them to continue so that they don't have to wait for him because he's disturbed about the fact that they are waiting for him. Right? This is what the Mishnah Barura this is what the Mishnah Baru says So um, the halacha is that a person should avoid speaking as much as possible if they cannot the last resort is to speak in the Mishmar so that is that is something that they, they that, that they cannot do I mean the truth is in our situation we don't know what the circumstances were but it's probably not a smart idea to, to, to maybe if you, if you can dive in in such a way where this is not this situation won't come up at all, then that's probably the better way to do it. But if you have no choice, then you can hint or write. I mean, and if the plane is gonna go down and it's going to come to uh, Nefesh, a danger in life, then for sure a person's allowed to speak in the middle and say, but otherwise, they're not allowed to. And even if they want to uh, quiet a child, if they want to quiet a child, then they can do that, but try not to speak. It's really, a person is not supposed to interrupt themselves in the middle of their silent shmona Esrei. And here also, in, in the Sefer, with this we're, gonna, we're going to conclude, in the Sefer, um, davening according, davening according Tefillah Kilchasa, davening according to proper halacha. Um, here he quotes... In the name of Shlomo Zabon Orabach, I think it is, he says like this, um, in chapter 12, number 86, he says, If a person davids, the the and the telephone starts to ring. Or so somebody's knocking on the door. and he waits a little bit, and the phone keeps ringing, and the door keeps knocking. The person keeps knocking on the door. Because of that, a person can't concentrate. And they're in the middle of They're in the middle of the silent repetition. They can hang up the phone. They can press the button on their phone and hang it up. So they can open the door for the person who's knocking. But not speak to that person. And then they continue immediately with their Sorry, Esri. Sorry, from, this is from that a person should not interrupt their Shomer but in situations like this there is ways to interrupt with hinting and trying not to speak. In the case of ours in the case of our uh, in our case one can interrupt one can interrupt by by, by even talking if necessary if the plane is going to come in emergency landing. So to summarize what we said this evening as we said that if we keep the mitzvahs then what's going to happen if we keep all the mitzvahs, especially the negative commandments? We will retain our image of God, and when people will see the image of God on our faces, they'll see our neshama shining through our, our our skin, our expression. Then they will respect us more, and people will be actually afraid of us, because not afraid in like that we're going to hurt them, but afraid of us because of our because of the stature of the of the of of having the image of Hashem. And also, if we keep the mitzvahs, the biggest bracha of them all, the biggest blessing of them all is not the material goods that Hashem is going to give us, but it's not the material goods that Hashem are, are, is going to give us, but it is going to be the connection that we will develop by keeping those mitzvahs. And number three, we learned the halacha. We learned the halacha that if a person's in the middle of Shemona in the middle of the silent prayer, they're not allowed to interrupt. They're not allowed to speak for any reason. unless. Unless it's 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 so dire that there might be Achil Hashem involved and there might be Pikuach Navish, there might be a danger to life. But they are allowed to remove themselves from the situation if they're being distracted, or to 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 point with their fingers or write on a note or try to hint to stop the uh, to stop the uh, the disturbance from, from from happening in order to be able to continue and concentrate on their tefillah. Okay, this is what I wanted to share with everybody this evening. And have a good chavez. Rabbi, thanks. It was a good class. Okay, thank you. Okay, have a good week. Okay, so no I Do have any questions? No? Okay, fine. Have a good week. Okay. Do you mind brother. if we have a class next week on Thursday, perhaps? Because uh, on Wednesday, I'm not going to be able to make it. It's okay for me. Okay. I think it should work for me too. Okay, so I'll send that. Uh, I'll send that the usual announcements, and we'll have it on Thursday. Bye, Connie. Bye, Rabbi. Okay, Rabbi. Take care. Okay. Good, Bye. Job. Bye. Good job. Good job. Bye. Good job.